Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petri. This episode of Slam the Gavel is sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A child protective services case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist by CPS Protect. You can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and aren't sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code slam the gavel for 60% off your first year of urgent assist. And this is available in all 50 states. I have another announcement. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away in the fall of 2022. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to the Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will then face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will then be taken away from the only family he has ever known. And we have Judge Ann Donnelly to thank for that. And please call Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390, New York State, to please keep Bradley here safe in these United States. That's Governor Hochul, 518-474-8390, hashtag keep Bradley safe. One last announcement. Go to the site if you can. Please do your job.com. We need... Uh, 2,500 more signatures to get a case reopened. That's pleasedoyourjob.com. I'm happy to have a return guest on. I have Mark Andrews on. He was last on my podcast, August 6, 2023. He We talked about his updates of his federal case fight, and he was last on season two, episode 80, season three, episode 13 and 23, and season four, episode 116, as well as 138. So I welcome you back, Mark. How are things going? I'm doing great, Marianne. And by the way, I want to pimp this great new book that's out there. It's called Raised by These Wolves. My story is number 26 in it amongst the 27 that were covered. It's a great book. Get on Amazon, get yourself a copy, get one for your friends if they've been through the family court system. It's very enlightening. Well, what do you think, Marianne? Oh, yeah, it's too enlightening. <laughs> People need to know what's going on. I mean, you, you've been through enough. A lot of us have been through enough. And some people haven't been through it, but they could end up going through it until it happens to them. Yeah, we all hope not. Yeah, we hope not. I mean, you treat like family court like a case of AIDS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's just too many um, people. I mean, just because you're getting a, a divorce doesn't mean you have to run into a courtroom. See what you can do to work things out. You don't want to go in there. <laughs> just don't go in there. Take it from all of us who've been screwed. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, family court, I, you know, encourage people just, you know, don't rock the boat. If you've got something that's working great, keep it that way. And just keep it that way for the kids and do not let a third party come in and start interfering and meddling in the relationship you have with your co-parent or with your kids. Family or couples therapy is far cheaper than anything you will ever go through in family court. Most definitely. 
sad fact, but true. <laughs> and in your case has taken a, a, a turn as well. Oh, we've got some great news. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, my attorney, Eric, uh, he called this my lighting of multiple fires <laughs> that I, I've fought on different fronts all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So while we drew a completely rare all Republican judge panel in the Ninth Circuit, I mean, the most liberal court in the country, the one that's been the most overturned in the country. And this case gets three Republican judges, hmm. which my Republican friends were like, oh, man, you, you drew the card, man. You're going to win. <laughs> no, um, oh, we no. got two lines and the word ins insignificant, which meant they kept us from um, getting an end bank vote to see if we can go before the nine judges. So they again, the federal court thinks they've, you know led me to the curb stuck their boot in my butt and don't expect to see me again mm. but lo and behold <laughs> 21 years 76 hearings 18 judges do i quit never no um we got the blessing we had stuck the transcripts eric uh pushed me to do this because you know i originally went and said the judge the judge and he goes, leave the judge alone. You don't have solid proof of the judge. Mm -hmm. You have allegation. And allegation will get you whipped. Um, he said, what we do have is a transcriptionist. And her name is Becky Peterson. And we submitted her transcripts to the transcription board. And granted, it took them five months to review oh. four pages. And they missed half the stuff in it. But they did find that there were differences. Uh, they cited her for gross negligence. They fined her a thousand bucks. And we now have public um, acknowledgement that the transcripts that were submitted in court are false. At the very least, they're false. They wouldn't say fraud. They went with an actus reus. They looked at the action in the document. They didn't look at the mens reus. So let me give you the mens reus here to show okay. that she actually committed fraud. Okay. Now, you've seen the evidence. You've seen my video. So you know what I what I hold in my hand, you know? It's mm -hmm. like a straight flush. Mm -hmm. Eric Wafer and my investigator both contacted Becky Peterson and told her, you know, hey, we got two transcripts. These are wrong. You, you know, you didn't do anything about it. She never told anyone. Mm -hmm. Santa Rosa Police Department came out twice. She told them she didn't have her notes anymore. Huh. She, but she also didn't notify the court. And she was again told by the police, hey, we have two transcripts here. Then the court reporters board come and demanded her notes. All of a sudden they miraculously appeared. Uh -huh. or, did, or did we lie to the police to get him out the door? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But when the transcriptionist board ruled against her and cited her for this thousand dollars, I can't say for a fact that she didn't tell the state court where she works because I do know the court reporters board notified the court, but no one told the federal court that the submission by the county state court was fraudulent, was fake, was 
not an an actual copy of what was said in court. And that has some serious ramifications. But let's go one step further. Did the court reporters board tell the federal court? I don't believe so. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. We have no acknowledgement of it. And then let's take that mens reis another step further. Now, you would think an attorney general, Christopher Beatty, county counsel, Joshua Meyer, and Rick Jarvis, attorney for Judge um, Fightmaster. I mean, uh, they've already admitted in their things that she denied my civil right and due process that I didn't get my hearing. Mm -hmm. All of them have seen these transcripts because they were submitted in my filings. Don't attorneys have a duty to candor that if they see something that is improper, even if it is from their client, they have a duty to correct it with the court? You would think. All have remained silent. It is a complete cover-up. It's see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Good luck, Mark Andrews. So we're now going to start pressing a little harder. Um. Other good news, we've had uh, some investigative journalists now are starting to, you know, they've asked for the documents. They're starting to look at this case and they want to start reporting on it, especially mm -hmm. now that, you know, a veteran like Eric Wafer is involved, 24 year civil rights veteran mm -hmm. and probably the most thorough attorney I have ever worked with. And, you know, I work for about 400 attorneys as a process server. Mm -hmm. um, something is going to happen coming up. I won't say what it is because we all know how things happen in court. Right. I mean, I'll give you a simple one recently outside of the family law realm. I recently went to small claims to settle a civil matter. You know, I got in a car accident. The insurance company didn't pay. Mm -hmm. Right. The insurance company accepted the claim. Provided me a rent a car. Totaled my car. Took my car. Sold my car. Paid the bank, failed to pay me till a month later, failed to stop paying on the rent-a-car, so I got arrested in it. And then they went and told the small claims court, because we settled this to try and get out of the criminal matter, told the small claims court judge, we don't have a contract. And the small claims court judge says, they don't owe you anything. Oh, jeez. Can you believe that? You know, it's just so corrupt i i do believe that i mean i i do have the opportunity i'm going to write to the presiding judge under her 10603 duties to oversee all the cases in her court and ask her you know either you um need to re um hear this and set it for a rehearing based on this because obviously the insurance company lied mm -hmm. or I have to turn this into the authorities because this pro tem judge has effectively helped the insurance company steal my car. I was never paid. Now, how long ago did that happen again? Um, March of last year. Okay. But I mean, isn't that crazy? With all that, they took the car. We signed papers. Um, they paid my bank loan off, but they said, we don't have a contract. Really? Ah. <sighs> And a, and a pro tem judge didn't see through that. The lady we had, I forget her name, but she had said she had 14 years experience in Napa County. And I'm sorry. If you can't see that, I don't know how you're practicing law with any modicum of success. It's just crazy what happens in these courts. 
you know, I've had people on talking about San Diego courts. It's all messed up. Yeah, my buddy Robert Emmert down there, he recently got an article done on his case. Um, they've been trying to take his son from him. And uh, they were harassing uh, his 80-year-old mother who was serving process for him, the, the uh, San Diego County Sheriff's Department. Um, they were chasing an 80-year-old woman and threatening her. And so, you know, I did for Robert, you know, since I'm a bonded server, I called up the lieutenant of San Diego sheriffs and said, we need to have an educational talk here because mm. you guys are scaring an 80 year old woman who's just serving process. And unless they want an obstruction charge, because that's what blocking process is, mm -hmm. um, even a judge or a, a DA, any person who has a legal filing filed against them has the right to be served and notified mm -hmm. so that they can defend themselves properly. I never assume if anybody's right or wrong, you know, in an eviction, I've served an eviction and I've had a lady walk out here. I've paid them all. He cashed all these checks. Good, ma'am. You have five days, according to this summons to tell the court you paid him and show him all those checks. Oh. I don't assume who's right or wrong. I guarantee people's right to notice and do it accurately, fairly, and professionally. Oh, yeah. And if you push me, I can be a tool as well. No, the, I mean, you're awesome. Some people just hand off paperwork and don't explain what someone should do with that paperwork when they're served. De depending on how the people act will depend on if I extend to point out that, like, most people don't understand that when you're being served an unlawful detainer, you're being kicked out of your house, as opposed to a normal 30-day summons in a civil matter or a criminal matter. Mm -hmm. unlawful detainer actions is a five day on day six i have actually seen lawyers in bermuda shorts and a t-shirt waiting in front of the court to default somebody <laughs> they don't have to go to court they've already won if the person didn't file an answer or ask for a hearing they go and default them pay the sheriff 145 dollars and they're out within like the next two weeks <laughs> so anybody going through a eviction out there Pay attention. Pay attention to the date on the summons because that's the date the five days start and always respond. You know, you may have habitability issues. You may have your landlords and idiot issues. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but you have a right to defend yourself. And if for some reason you don't pay rent, here's where they catch you in court. When you go to court, have your rent money already deposited in a savings account. So it looks like you were ready to pay it on the first. You have a deposit in the savings account on the first. Even if it takes you two months to get there, put it in on the first of each month and have it ready in a book. Because then a judge is not going to look at you and say, well, you're just evading rent. You know, he had the rent money. You didn't fix the two-inch gap under the front door, and he's freezing in the winter. You know, or whatever it is that they need to do to help with habitability. Um, so... If anyone has any questions, you know, Marianne has definite ways to get a hold of me. Uh, you can email me, call me if you can get a hold of me. I get a lot of calls, um, but I'd be happy to point out procedures to people so that they don't get hoodwinked with uh, service mm -hmm. of process. And, okay, you know, going back to this court reporter. So is this kind of stagnant now? You're just waiting on things? Well, I mean, it's it's taken a, a, a progressive step. Um we had to give her a chance to notify the court, give her some time, you know, mm -hmm. 
Give the court some time to notify the federal court. Give these lawyers some time to notify the federal court. So this way, when you come in there and say, y'all covering it up, and we're now looking at punitive damages, uh, state state uh, bar um, sanctions and, you know, fines, possibly disbarred. So uh, oh, it's, it's a process that's ongoing and moving, and I have complete faith in Eric that we are going oh, yeah. in the right direction. Yeah, he's excellent. You're so fortunate to have him. I was very blessed the day the day his wife called me up and asked me, can you pick up this dog for me at San Francisco airport? <laughs> That's how oh, we yeah. met. That's yeah. You know. And I got customs to stay home an hour and a half after closing to pick up a dog. <laughs> and well, that all paid off. I mean, seriously, that was a blessing. Yeah, it was uh, my good friend, Michelle Chan at California Families Rise. Um, she referred me, she says, you know, my buddy, Mark, he, you know, helps people out, give him a call. And I happened to be all the way out at the coast doing a serve that night. And the lady, uh, calls me up and asked me to do this. Then the, uh, customs called me up and we worked things out and the lady stayed there until I got there. So, um, you know, and that's how I met Eric Wafer and his wife, Krista, a wonderful couple. Mm -hmm. uh, they live up there in Reading and. I couldn't be more blessed to have this man in, in my corner for this fight. Yeah, you you deserve that. You fought way too hard. I, But you, you've just been screwed over. You would think at a certain point they would, you know, come in with a reasonable settlement. And right. just try and, you know, settle it, get out of there. They, they keep pushing me further. And every step further, I burn down another playhouse in their backyard mm -hmm. and i don't care who i have to go after i haven't seen my kids since 2008 i don't owe my ex-wife any money she and her lawyer lied to the court nobody did anything about it other than exonerate me for some false allegations um and this fraud definitely ends the case so there, there's nothing owed um this is just uh sonoma county trying to collect federal funding for child support that isn't owed. That's huge. It's huge. And well, go ahead. No, 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 go, go ahead. Well, this is, I think this is also happening everywhere. Um, it's just very, it's extortion. Um, in, in some instances, I mean, I understand that I reasonably, you know, should pay for my children. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I should be able to see my children. Right. And the two aren't mutually exclusive. My ex-wife was like, you don't pay, they don't come to play. And so I paid and then they didn't come to play. Mm -hmm. So then I stopped paying because you're not doing your part of the equation. Mm -hmm. I mean, God, I haven't seen my kids since 2008. They're, what, 28 and 26 now. Mm. That's a long time not to see your kids. Well, that, you know, that's so, well, that's custodial interference. But it's a whole lot of things. Yeah. But what, but what it is mostly, it is damaging to the children. Right. Because, you know, they were... 13 and 11 when I last saw them they know who I am they know the kind of guy I am they know 
you know, I'm dad. But yet they've completely written me off because of what they've had to go through in the family court system. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, uh, I mean, I got to take what I, you know, what happens to me because I married her and I divorced her and, you know, I did stupid things during the marriage and I deserve some of it, but not all of it. Right. Um, but the kids don't deserve any of it. Mm -hmm. That's where you put your animosities down. You put your petty grievances aside, let the kids be with the other parent. If they're a friggin' idiot, you know, or, or a dumbass, the kids are going to figure it out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're very perceptive. You know, and it's just it's a it's a really hard thing to go through. I mean, look at me. I've suffered, what, two heart attacks and open heart surgery over 18 years. I miss my kids. I've said it many times and I'll say it again. I long for that one, one word. Hello. Uh huh. It's it takes a toll. People don't realize that, you know, this whole family court thing takes a toll on people's health. And there's a book called What the Body Keeps a Score. My body's beating me over the head with the book. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, and everybody knows my story, but it, it, I think this is what they want to do. They want to make people they keep disruption going so the federal funding keeps coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know what this federal funding is. I talk to so many people that don't know what Title IV D is, and I I just can't believe the taxpayer doesn't know all of this. Oh no, no. I mean, as a Democrat, you know, I, I support Democratic politicians and stuff. Um, I don't think all Republicans are wrong, but our lovely family court system is a gift from former New Jersey Governor Bill Bradley turned congressman. And at the time, I think she was uh, Secretary of State Clinton. And the two of them got together and put together the Bradley Act. Mm. And the Bradley Act was meant so that baby daddies who thought, you know, hey, I can get with you and have a kid. Oh, we didn't get along. You're on your own. Sally, hi. Hey, let's have a kid. Oh, we don't get along. You're on your own. Lisa, how you doing? You know, and what? who's going to raise those other two kids? The state? Mm -hmm. No, it's not the state's responsibility. And that's what the Bradley Act was meant to do was recoup funding. But you put that in the hands of some crafty and, you know, clever lawyers, and they found a way of, hey, if we keep them fighting, one, we get billable hours and the courts love it because they get federal funding. So goal is keep everybody fighting. Mm -hmm. That's not law. That's uh, uh, that's a three card Monty. Right. And it's emotional abuse on the parents, too. Mm -hmm. When when they know well, they, they could end it, they could just stop they, it. One of my favorite comedians, Christopher Titus, said in one of his specials, he goes, when I walked into family court, they said there would be change. And when I walked out, all I had left was change. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you know, but I mean, how much money does California collect on child support? I, I don't know oh. if you know the dollar amount, like for every dollar paid. 
millions. I, w- I won't do it while we're talking. I'd look it up on my phone, but I don't know if that would affect our oh, probably. But uh, it's something you can Google and find out. Yeah, this is so wrong. And plus, I can I can give an example because I was working on a case. Um, it's a foster care case where two kids died in Massachusetts at the hands of Massachusetts foster care system. And we took the for 2021, we took the lowest amount, which I think was eight hundred and thirty four dollars per child. And they said it was between nine and ten thousand kids. So we did nine thousand. That meant just the foster parents get paid seven point four million dollars if we use the lowest numbers that they have. That doesn't count a single social worker, a single administrator, a single ream of paper, a single rent on a, one of their buildings. So, I mean, you, you're looking at upwards of hundreds of million dollars in every state. And California is one of the, you know, the biggest states in the country. You know, our our um, our economy is some country's economy, mm-hmm. just our state. So. It's a lot of money, but what we need to do, and this is something uh, I found out that a couple of states have now done away with this. We need to end the qualified immunity. Oh, definitely. Definitely. If, if a judge or a prosecutor or a lawyer um, violates the law, you have stepped over the line and you know are no longer a court officer. You're a criminal like every other criminal and you need to be treated as such. And you should lose what you're, you're, you've got in your bank. And you should lose your home. Because you know what? Mm-hmm. I lost my family. And all these people made money on it. And I think that's sickening. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Matter, matter of fact, I was just reading and I sent it to Eric. There's a new thing the California Supreme Court called the snitch rule. They're requiring lawyers now to... Uh, turn in violations of law because it used to be lawyers didn't want to you know turn in lawyers because then you get you know you have a bad reputation you're not one of us right Uh now next thing we need to do is with the judges and then maybe you'll start to see some legal um fact-based fair rulings out of not only the family court but all the courts i mean criminal is a little better yeah. Civil, I've had a you know a mixed reaction myself, but family law court, it is literally the wild west. You have better odds playing roulette and stacking it all on one number. Definitely. Right. And and people need to know that the these judges and lawyers are so well connected. Even your own lawyer is could be very well connected to the opposing side and or the judge. People need sometimes, to sometimes, yes. We mm-hmm. the case we're working on in uh, Massachusetts. I'm, I'm working with the lawyer on it. Um, the state had a lawyer who was also the um, what's that guy that embalms you when you pass when you pass? Oh, undertaker. That's it. He's an undertaker and an attorney. So when these oh. poor ladies came in with their dead babies, oh no! He, oh, I could be your lawyer, and he's working for the state already, so he covered their tracks everywhere. And so I'm trying to help with that. Now, I mean, I'm wondering where Reverend Al Sharpton is and Jesse Jackson. These are two brown babies who were killed under two years old. Where's the upheaval? Mm-hmm. You know, these young ladies deserve the same as every other person who gets, you know, 
shot or killed or um they they made up some excuse as to why these kids died but um i was told specifically um the first time they put the pictures of the kids in the filing the massachusetts judge bawled the attorney out and you put these in seal that's how bad the pictures were these kids didn't just die by chance they were i would i would venture to say tortured mm. And it just goes, you know, without any, any justice. I mean, at least I got the hope that someday I will see my kids. Maybe they're going to be 30 years old by the time I see them, but they're still alive. Uh -huh. These two poor mothers. Oh God. They, they never get that chance. Mm -mm. And I, I, I can't even fathom to think that definitely and there's federal funding with this as you said foster care mm -hmm. and, and these foster parents they also get a, a cut this is just oh yeah well i mean we had that we you know um that i helped you know michelle hollander down in uh Michelle Hollander Garcia down in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I got accused of impersonating a police officer. If it wasn't for a ring doorbell, I wouldn't be able to defend myself. But yeah, I remember the that. The judge in the matter who was getting the big federal bonus for getting these kids, you know, to adoption mm -hmm. ignored the fact that these social workers blatantly lied in their report. And there's a um a Latin term. Falsus in omnibus is falsus in omnibus, which means if you lie in one thing, you lie in all things. So if these social workers lied in this one paragraph about me, and I'm a court officer, I'll get on the stand, I'll put my bond up there, and I'm going to say, play the video, because you lied, and you took a young woman's two little girls away. And if there's any question if Michelle was a good mom, she so far has got to keep her son, Michael, and I'm proud of this young gal, despite everything she's been through. She was put on the street while she was pregnant last time. Hmm. She's had to sleep on the beach by uh, Lake Elsinore down there in Los Angeles County. And, I mean, she has managed to keep this kid healthy, happy, well-fed. I mean, I got to meet Michael twice now, mm -hmm. uh, being down there. And um, she's about to have another baby. I think she's due within the next three days. But she should have all of her kids. What happened to her with her two girls, faith and patience, is sickening. The <laughs> fact that a judge wouldn't even allow me to come into court and at least testify. I was blocked. Because they got a federal bonus for adoption. That's disgusting. You know, you want to know the real disgusting part? Oh. The foster parent is her mother. That's even more disgusting. Her mother was the one who evicted her from her grandmother's house, put her on the street so she could sell a million-dollar property in Burbank. Unbelievable. And then she gets paid by the state to take care of her own grandkids. If I got grandkids out there, because like I said, I haven't seen my kids since they were 11 and 13 you got to pay me nothing. You want to leave my grandkids with me? Just understand they're going to be spoiled and sugar-filled when you get them back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, how can people reach you? 
Do you want them to go through me? Yes, please. Okay. Because I'm going to have you back on. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, that's just some current updates and different things we were, you know, going through with the court system. So, you know, I'm always up to talk with people about cases, but I, I'm I'm pretty straightforward about it. If somebody's, you know, I mean, I, I understand some people grasp at straws. Other people have a real case. Right. Well, right. Like uh, Mr. Emirate, who I referred to you. Yeah. Rob Emirate. Yeah, he's going to um, be on my podcast next month. Yeah. Rob's been fighting for his son for quite a while. Um, you know, and in some instances, I even have a success story. There was a young guy. He was out of Arkansas and moved down to Arizona and he was having a problem, you know, getting the judge to uphold their orders. So we talked about it, you know, and I explained, you know, Hey, if the judge made this order, fill out a thing, telling judge, please uphold your order. And if she doesn't do it in 14 days, sanction her $500. Mm -hmm. I think it took her when she got the thousand dollar sanction was when it ended. And, uh, he's also a bull rider. So the picture he sent me to show me success were the two little girls hanging on the bull gate with their little cowgirl hats on and all those arrow nights on the phone, talking with him for hours and hours while I was doing serves. Every minute of it was worth it for that one picture to know that he gets to see those little girls. Aww. So I can, I will help who I can. Um, mm -hmm. but I am very straightforward. You've got all my contact info. If they want to email, text, or phone call me, uh, definitely get a hold of me through Marianne. Most definitely. I'm going to have you back on. And, uh, so don't jump off. Okay. A slap couple okay. is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poem of Truth, and recently released Raised by These Wolves, How Family and Federal Courts Are Failing Our Children. So join us again here with Mark and the future and other exciting guests, and feel free to buy me a coffee to keep the podcast going. So I totally thank you, Mark. Thank you. And get a copy of that book on Amazon. Definitely. You can find all my books on Amazon. Bestseller. And thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. You're awesome. <laughs>